monster is a mirror, and when we look at him, we look into our own hidden faces, meditate on this at second level. Is this life reality? No. It is a film. The television screen is the retina of the mind's eye. Therefore, the television screen is part of the physical structure of the brain. Here is the hair I've lost in the past three months. Take it. It belongs to you. You will know why one day. That's fucking crazy, man. Welcome to We're a Movie Club. I am the lady and I sound like this. Today's movie is the only announcing. And now, your hosts, Anil and Siri. Hello, and welcome to the Weird Movie Club podcast, where we watch the weirdest, most imaginative, most visual, most spectacular movies and discuss them right here on this show with you. I'm Daniel Wishes, and I'm the writer and playwright and performer for Mochinosha, the Wishes Mystical Puppet Company, and with me is... It's Sari. I'm a puppeteer, a puppet designer, a director of Mochinosha. That's right, and we're known for kind of making weird shows, and that's why we also love weird movies. I'm a huge weird movie fan, but most of the movies that we're going to be watching this show, Sari has never seen before. Yeah. And today, for our very first episode, we're going to be watching one of my favorite weird movies of all time, The Mother of weird movies, The Holy Mountain. Ooh. Sari, have you ever seen The Holy Mountain before? Never. Have you ever heard of it before? Yeah, you guys talk about it a lot yeah. with your friend and yeah, so keep we, talking we, about we it. We have a lot of friends who are big fans of this uh, of this movie, mm. but Sari's never seen it before. Sari, do you know what the movie's about or have you mm. heard anything about it? Mm. Nothing. I only know the title and I only know that movie is really weird. Yeah, so you're going in knowing nothing about it. And Sari, a lot of people say that this movie is more than just a movie. It's an experience. An experience that can change your life. Okay. Yeah. So after we finish watching The Holy Mountain, we're going to have an in-depth discussion about it. If you haven't seen the movie before, I think that's fine. There are going to be spoilers, but this kind of movie, I think, is unspoilable. Mm. So if you want, stop the podcast right now, go watch the movie and come back, or just stay with us anyways, because like a movie like this, it doesn't matter how much you hear people talk about it, it, it can't be spoiled. Mm. All right, Sari, are you ready to have your mind blown? Yay! All right, let's do it. Let's watch The Holy Mountain. Ooh. Nothing in your education or experience can have prepared you for this film. Alejandro Jodorowsky's The Holy Mountain. The Holy Mountain is a film completely outside the entire tradition of motion picture art. Hey, all right, we are back from watching The Holy Mountain. Yeah. So let's, I've seen the movie, this is maybe my third or fourth time watching it. Oh. And your first time. Yeah. So why don't you just tell me what your initial thoughts are, what you thought of the movie. I don't know, it's really, oh, I can't even describe so you would agree that that movie is is 
It's really an experience, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's it really made me cry in the end. Yeah, you know, I've I've watched this movie several times before, but this is the first time I watched it where I got really emotional at the end. I was crying too. It's interesting. We both had this emotional experience where at the end we were like crying. We were yeah, kind of moved. Yeah, in in the beginning it was so weird. I I wasn't sure if I liked it, but then it's going on and there's some like some mysteries and some clues I thought I was following and trying to figure out what's going on and you know try to understand what the movie is about and I thought I was getting it and the end it's totally it feels like the movie no movie knew what I was feeling and they kind of flipped flipped it around yeah a lot of seems like a lot of thought and artistry went into this film mm. uh, I remember at one point near the beginning of the movie you said oh this movie's really gross so far yeah it and was it, gross it's true that the movie has some moments where it's very gross but also moments where it's like unbelievably beautiful yeah it's a, it's a really visually stunning movie isn't it yeah it's all like it seems like it's all controlled and my emotions are controlled by the movie, like journey I'm going through. Like it feels like I'm like figuring out and realizing everything, but it's like the movie knows it and it just controls my realization. And it really is. It it really like you know the characters in the movie are going on a journey. It feels like we're yeah. really going on a spiritual journey with them. So it's it's a this is gonna be difficult, but let's. Let's sort of try to recap as best we can what we saw in the movie. Okay. For anyone who's who hasn't seen the movie or, you know, is, is trying to remember what happened in the movie. Because a lot of stuff happens in this movie. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's very dense. Yeah. So we start with a mysterious man in a, in a visual yeah. room who's shaving the head of two ladies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that's a character that we later He's learn. He's a master. Yeah. His, his, the title of his character, I don't know if they actually say it. Like in the movie, they don't really say the names of all the characters but oh. he's known as the alchemist okay i didn't know that yeah they, because they, didn't me- they never mentioned he's an alchemist well they show him doing alchemy you know he an alchemist oh, is somebody who turns who turns lead into gold but right. he, he turns shit into gold yeah and that's kind of a metaphor because at the beginning it's literally shit into gold but then it it's like kind of turning people into gold but that's yeah. But that's for later. Let's 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 try to stay like sort of in order chronologically of what happened. So we show okay. him, and we don't really know what's going on. And then we cut to a new character. Um, yeah. And that character, they again, they never give him a name, but he's a Jesus kind of like character. Yeah, yeah. He looks like Jesus, and, and he, he was he, covered by flies. flies. That's right. You remember good memory. Yeah, and he was peeing. He was peeing himself. Yeah, was, and there's a toad. Yeah. Was, was there a toad? Yeah, there was a toad. Yeah. People refer to that character since he's never given a name. They refer to him as the thief. Okay. So from now on, let's just call him the thief and then we'll okay. know who we're talking about. We start with a thief and he's covered in flies and he's peeing himself. And then a dwarf finds yeah. him and a bunch of naked children. Right. And they kind of like crucify him and throw rocks at him. And he wakes yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. really mad. Yeah. And then the dwarf is kind of like, and by the dwarf, I mean, it's like a little person who's missing his arms and legs. Yeah. And they sort of make friends. Yeah. And then he's, they travel together to a city that's just full of debauchery. It's terrible. There's like tourists taking pictures of people being murdered and yeah, yeah, yeah. one woman woman is being raped and she's but she's yeah, happy she about happy. it and she wants they get the guy thief guy to take a video of her with a camera yeah and there's, there's the meat like whole body meat 
looks like goat. Yeah. And the way they die is like it's similar to the later image. The later image, like the people yeah. get shot. When they um, shot, it's like instead of blood, it's paint. Yeah. And like birds come out of their yeah, wounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that later it kind of refers yeah. to the beginning. Yeah, it stays thematically or symbolically consistent. And then there's like very fat priests. Yeah, so there's these characters, these fat people who are dressed up like characters from the Bible, like the Romans. Right. And they're like, hey, drink with us. Yeah. So the thief starts drinking with them and they kind of like tell the, they, they kick the dwarf. They tell him to get lost. Yeah. They get the guy drunk. And once he's drunk and passed out, then they take a pig full of what appears to be like plaster and they make like a plaster mold of him, right. which they turn into a bunch of Jesus statues because he looks like Jesus. So they use him to sort of mass produce Jesus statues. Right. Now, I remember when we're watching, you were like, oh, it's, it's paper mache. Yeah. And I realized something this time that I watched the movie. Every time I watched the movie, I I noticed something different. So uh. you notice that the room that he's in, uh. it's full of potatoes. There's tons of potatoes. <gasps> oh. And later on, like later on in another scene, he kind of uh. eats his face and you realize that the statues aren't That's... made of paper mache. They're actually made out of potatoes. There's a mashed potato. All, all the Jesus statues are made out of mashed potatoes. Anyways. Oh, yeah. So he wakes up oh. from being drunk. He sees hundreds and hundreds of paper mache mashed, mashed potato, potato statues of himself and he gets really upset and he destroys all of them. Yeah. Except for one. Yeah. Which he saves. He's very upset that they've made all of these Jesus statues of him because I guess they thought, oh, this guy looks like Jesus, right? Yeah. So then he takes the one that he doesn't destroy. Yeah. And he takes it to a church. But in that church, they don't want the Jesus statue. There's a bishop who's lying in bed with a Jesus statue. And the yeah. bed is somehow buried in the ground. And the bishop kicks him out and he's very upset. So then he eats the Jesus statue, which at that point you realize is made out of mashed yeah. potatoes. Yeah. And by then they're like a bunch of women. That's right. Dressed up like really weird. I think I think they're prostitutes. Okay. I think it's like sort of Mary Magdalene character sort of from the Jesus. They're prostitutes. And one of them is like a child, a little girl, which yeah. is disturbing. Yeah. And there's kind of a disturbing scene where an old guy seems to oh, yeah. pick out the little girl. Yeah. And he pulls out his glass eye, puts it in her hand. Yeah. And is like getting... That was really gross. Very disturbing. Um, but one of them, one of the prostitutes who has a pet chimpanzee falls in love with the thief. Right. And she starts following him around for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, so then the thief finds a tower and in this tower it seems to be that there's a hook that comes down every day with a pouch full of gold right and in return the people put in like food and gifts that go up to the tower but the thief knocks all the gifts off the tower and he goes up yeah he goes up the hook in this giant tower mm -hmm. and at the top of the tower he finds a long hallway like a rainbow hallway yeah 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 and that's when he meets the alchemist yeah that was really really good the rainbow the person the actor mm. the guy playing the alchemist mm -hmm. was actually that was the same guy who directed the and wrote the film wow he's a good looking guy that was of course Hodorowski okay if I'm pronouncing Alex his name correctly Alexandro Jodorowski the director and auteur filmmaker who made this film that was him playing the alchemist wow being the spiritual guy wow, so he's in lots of scenes yeah he's kind of a star he's kind of one of the main characters in the movie right another thing from the beginning of the movie that I forgot to mention mm. Because you notice in the very first scenes of the movie, there's actually tarot cards everywhere, like taped to people and like attached to people. Mm. And that's sort of revisited in this scene. So once the uh, alchemist and the thief meet each other, mm. they kind of fight, like the thief kind of attacks yeah. him. But then he, he kind of uses some kind of magic to like yeah. subdue him and he removes mm. some evil from the back of his neck. Mm. 
which looks like he's pulling an octopus out of the back of his neck. Mm. And from some behind-the-scenes trivia I read, that that actually was an octopus that they bought. Is it an octopus? Yeah, they took like a dead octopus and they pulled it out of the back of his neck. I thought it looked like a chicken. Oh, really? Yeah. So he begins spiritually training him. He takes him to a room full of a tarot. He puts all the symbols of the tarot on top of him, the cup, the pentacle, Mm. everything. Sword. The sword. And the wand, yeah. The wand, yeah. Yeah, and he's in a room full of tarot cards, but they're they're unusual. They're not like the normal tarot cards. They're kind of like almost like a, a tarot deck that was made up for the movie. Yeah, I couldn't recognize any of the cards. Like, I couldn't figure out which each card means. Yeah. U- usually it's like tower or death. Or... They weren't the traditional tarot cards. They were like, like new tarot cards. Right. But we'll talk about that a bit later. Okay. Because tarot is like obviously a very important part of that film. Mm. And then we enter a room where there's these like sort of figures of different important people who are represented by different planets. Yeah. And then we learn about these people one at a time. We learn who they all are. Did we learn every single one? We did. Did we learn all eight? Was there eight of them? I think so, yes. I thought, I, I tried to remember each planet. I'm like, was there Mercury? No, there was no Mercury, I guess. Well, it's, it's supposed to be nine in mm. total. But I'll tell you the ones that we did see. So the first one we see is a guy named Fawn. Yeah. And his planet is Venus. Right. And he's a guy like Venus. He's all into sex. He makes mattresses and beds and everything. Yeah. He has lots of wives and his wives are employees. And he also has a way of reanimating corpses so that they can kiss oh, yeah, their yeah, loved yeah, ones or right. do a sexy strip show. Yeah. So that's, he's Fawn, the first yeah. one. Second one is Isla, Mars. Yeah. And she's a woman who has many naked male secretaries. She just wakes up. Um, she has like a few girlfriends who sleep with her. It's strangely, it's the, seems to be the two shaved headed women from the beginning of the movie mm. who come back. Mm. So I don't know. I, I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't know how they went from being with the alchemist to being with her, but mm. that seems to have happened. Mm. And she makes all kinds of weapons for different people. Mm. She makes rock right. star weapons, psychedelic shotguns, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we have... The Buddha gun. The Buddha gun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we go to Klen, who's Jupiter, and he has an art factory that makes mass-produced commercial art. Like people just like like a factory, <gasps> oh, putting yes, their asses yes, yes. on artwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like a robot, like sex robot. A sex robot that like, has a baby robot. Yeah, that was really cute. That was fun, yeah. yeah they had to, they had to show the giant robot penis and make it my favorite line from that is they start by getting his chauffeur to try and the chauffeur is trying it and then he looks right at the camera and goes my chauffeur is a bad lover he, he can't make the robot orgasm yeah. and you need to make the robot orgasm um, if you're gonna have a baby robot yeah that's really cute uh, then after that, we have Cell, who's represented by Saturn. Yeah. And that's, she seems like a fun clown woman who makes toys oh, yeah, but, for children but, with little, little people dressed as Santa. But then we learn that she's actually evil and she works for the government making toys to manipulate children into fighting right. whoever. And they use Peru as an example. They're mm. like, we train kids from the time that they're a little kids to, to, um, to hate Peru. And they have yeah. like a superhero named Captain Captain, who's fighting against the Peruvian right monster and it's interesting that it's like kind of comic books because uh, the director of this movie mm. Hodorowsky he mm. he actually wrote many comic books throughout his career oh. so so the next character we meet is Berg whose whose planet is Uranus and he's like kind of all the other characters seem very wealthy and he seems like a little bit more poor his house seems like he doesn't oh, have as much money yeah. he has a, a lovely wife with uh yeah with green hair and green pubic hair crazy yeah uh she's <laughs> And, uh, you know, 
and that scene, there's a scene where he's taking a bath and she's peeing in a very tall toilet. Yeah, and she's as you pointed out, for a very long time, never-ending pee. And she's like, long. she's she's like, cover up the window and Still they peeing. and they have a baby. And do you remember their baby is? It's a snake. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of animals in this movie, isn't there? Yeah, there's a hippo, owl, and every goat. animal you can think of appears. Yeah, crocodile. So he seems like maybe this guy's not so bad, but then we find out he's the financial advisor to the president. Yeah. And his financial advice is you need to kill four million of your own people by killing them with gas. Yeah. So he's also like not. So all these people are kind of shitty people. Yeah. Uh, Then we meet Axon, whose planet is Neptune. And he's the chief of police. He calls himself the chief of police, but he's more like a cult leader. He's making a collection of a thousand testicles, and he seems to be like a religious cult leader fellow. And then last we have Lute, who's represented by Pluto. He's uh, an architect who believes that man doesn't need a nice home with a garden. Our apartments or places of shelter should just be like coffins. And he just like puts people in coffins. And he tries to market it like live in a coffin, being a free man. So, so how many is that? Seven. Seven. So yeah, Mercury is missing and Earth is missing. <gasps> seven. The woman, the naked woman next to the alchemist, she is also one of the nine. Oh. So her story was not told. Right. And also the thief's story is not told. So one of them is Earth, one of them is um. Mercury. Right. She has all the symbols on her, and she right. just appears wherever the alchemist is. So maybe. Yeah, maybe she was just there from the beginning. We don't. She's very mysterious. We don't mm. learn a lot about her. Mm. So after we learn all the stories of all these different planetary characters, mm. we see them all together for the first time. Mm. And then uh, the alchemist explains their true mission, mm. which is to go to the holy mountain mm. so that they can become immortal. immortal. Yeah, they they all have money and power, but they what they really want is, is immortal. That's right. And we learn that the there's many different holy mountains through all sorts of different religions. Mm. And we learn about different like magical cults. Uh, the Rosicrucians are mentioned. But this particularly holy mountain is the holy mountain of Lotus Island. Yeah, Lotus. So, of course, in order to get there, they have to go through a whole bunch of different rituals. The first thing they have to do is, do you remember? Uh, throw, throwing away the money. That's right. They have to burn all their money. Yeah, but thief want to keep. Yeah, the thief kind of hides some, and he's like, "This is stupid. I don't want to mm. throw away my money." And they're like, "Oh, thief, you gotta burn your money." He's like, "No, he doesn't want to do it." Right. right. He and the lady on the tower and the alchemist are the only one don't have money already. That's right. They don't need to throw away because they don't have any money. That's probably really why he doesn't want to throw it away because they're all rich and he's not. So then the next thing they do is they take all their effigies, the versions of themselves in the room, and they kind of like burn and destroy the versions of themselves, their ids, Mm. I guess. Right. And then they, uh, yeah, they head off and they start their journey towards the Holy Mountain. Mm. And at one point they end up in like some sort of, you know, this whole movie was shot in Mexico. Mm. It's from 1971. And they actually shot some scenes in like Mayan ruins, like kind of the place we went to for our, our honeymoon. Yeah, that's cool. I don't remember. There's there's a dog, and there's a oh, line yeah. about the dog will take your secrets away from you. Right. I'm not sure what that means. Actually, I wrote it the down. The flower and smell. Yeah. Oh. And then they talked. They said like, how many of you are there? And they said there's nine. Where's the tenth member? And they look in a reflection in water, yeah. in a pot of water, and they're like, oh, the tenth member drowned, looking at their own reflection. And then they bury that that water, like, and mm. have a funeral for it. Mm. The reflection of themselves. Mm. Then they're on a boat. 
they're sailing to the island and on the island mm. uh, the thief starts to have a vision of his friend the the yeah. little guy who like he's back on the ship and the alchemist says you have to throw him in the water and yeah. destroy your past yeah. and he throws him in the water but it's made very clear to us that he's not actually killing that guy it's like because yeah, he's not there it's yeah. an illusion he yeah. throws him in that was really sad though even though it's illusion sad he has to give up his past and his friend why does he have to give up on the past it's a good question i guess it's it's part of the spiritual journey so then they arrive at the, the, the base of the mountain where there's a place called the Pantheon Bar. Mm. And the Pantheon Bar is a place where lots and lots of people seeking the Holy Mountain go to, but then they're like, oh, this place is fun. One thing you should know is this movie had like lots of different influences, mm. including, this is going to shock you, Sari, but drugs were somewhat of an influence. Mm. And then some scenes in the movie, they actually did mushrooms before the scene, like the actors all did mushrooms. Wow. And yet there's a scene criticizing drugs as a way to find spiritual enlightenment. There's a mm. character who's like, oh man, all the, all dude, all these spirituals experiences, just drugs. And they're obviously making fun of, even though they did do drugs during mm. the making of this movie, they're also saying like, no, drugs isn't the way to find spiritual mm. enlightenment. Mm. And of course, there's the funny guy who's like, I got this magic power. I can travel through things. And they're oh, like, yeah. can you travel up to the top of the mountain? He's like, no, I, I can only travel horizontally. <laughs> and they're like, that seems useless. He's like, what do you mean? I'm the master of horizontally moving. Yeah. They're like, okay, buddy, whatever. <laughs> so then they start climbing and there's one point where a woman gets very scared. I forget which character yeah. it is, but she gets very scared and they're like, you're not afraid of falling. You're afraid of climbing. You're afraid of success. Yeah, but she started masturbating. The masturbating helped her. You remember that? The masturbating helped her find the courage to keep climbing the mountain. That's weird. They find some horses sinking, kind of like Artex in The NeverEnding Story. And they start eating the horses. And they start having all these oh, crazy... Yeah, she's eating, yeah. So each, each, of the, each of the people start to have different hallucinations. Yeah. Uh, there's a hallucination where a guy's getting covered with delicious chocolate coins. And then I think there's one hallucination is is kind of... Everybody's favorite scene in the movie. There's a, hum- oh. a hermaphrodite, a half man, half woman, has breasts, but a penis, yeah. half a beard. And he or she, the hermaphrodite, starts squirting milk out of his breasts, which are leopards. <laughs> leopard milk squirting out of leopard breast milk squirting out. And yeah. uh, if you haven't seen the movie and you're trying to understand what we're talking about, it just has to be seen. I to... love that scene. It's one of my favorite. Those are two of my favorite. The breast, breast. Leopard Leopard milk. breast milk and the baby robot. The baby robot is pretty great. Yeah. Um, So once they get to the top of the mountain, they see the immortals. And they're like, you have to kill the immortals to take their place. And then you become immortal. Mm. But the alchemist is like, I'm not going to, I'm not interested in becoming immortal. I'm finished. So he tells the thief, here, take this sword and cut off my head. Mm. So the thief's like, all right. He goes to cut off his head. Turns out it's an illusion. He's turned cut off the head of a goat instead. Right. And the alchemists laugh at him. He says, now you can begin to learn. Like, this is only the start of your journey. He says, the alchemist says to the thief, take your woman. You can have my alchemical rooms. You're the new alchemist. Go back. He's, he turns the thief away. The thief doesn't go get to go to the top of the holy mountain. Instead, he gets everything that the alchemist was. He's like the new alchemist. Yeah. So how did you feel when he... When he sent the thief away, did you feel bad for the thief? Like, oh, he should get to go to the top of the mountain like everyone else? Or were you like, oh, this is this is what's meant to happen. The, the evil people who are actually going to the top of the mountain, they're in for a trap. I thought so. Yeah. 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 So it seems like that's... it seems like everything that's at the top of the holy mountain 
is actually bullshit and the the thief is the since he was the only e- not evil character he's the one who actually got the true enlightenment which was to go back to earth with the woman he loved and her chimpanzee yeah, i thought the alchemist like saved saved him saved him and the chimpanzee might be the reference to the our ancestor ah yeah of yeah, human maybe. I think I think you might be onto something yeah, there. So I yeah, I think the sea thief is like the origin of human. I don't know. Or a primitive state, yeah. Mm. Like it's a it's kind of like the fool in the tarot deck. It's like mm-hmm. he's mm. not at the end of his spiritual journey, he's at the very beginning. Mm. So anyways, all the evil, like shitty planet people who are like not mm. nice people, they go up and they realize their trick. The immortals are actually just like mannequins, they're not real. Mm. And then the alchemist is like, ha, 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 I mm. tricked you. And he's like, now I'm going to tell you the whole, the true secret. This whole thing's just a movie. Yay. <laughs> it's just a movie. It's not reality. It's a film. Yay. Now wake up because real life awaits us. And oh. the camera zooms out. And yeah, that was great. Oh, that was the best, the best scene I've ever seen in the movie. It's really astonishing. Mm, it's pretty great, isn't it? Yeah, that's something like you can never do like once you, you know, like he already did it so nobody can never do it. The same thing is, I'm sure like that see like lots of filmmakers want to do the same thing after they see it and they can never do it because he already did it. That's, that's probably true, yeah, yeah. That's like really clever and historical and like, like only one thing ever. Yeah. One time ever. It's an amazing movie. All right, so now that we've we've gone through the plot of the movie, mm. uh, let me let's go through some fun trivia. Uh, okay. Some things that I learned uh, doing a little bit of research. So Alejandro uh, Hodorowski, the filmmaker who wrote and directed this movie and also played the alchemist, mm. uh, he is now ninety years old. Ah. Oh. And, and if you see interviews with him, it's amazing how much energy he has. He He's 90 years old, but he acts like he's 20 years old. <laughs> he's really an amazing guy. Uh, uh, there used to be a series of beer commercials. Beer? Yeah, there used to be a series of beer commercials with an old man with white hair, and they'd say, this is the most interesting man in the world. Is it Dos Equis? Yeah, it was Dos Equis. Oh. And to me, when I, when I see him, when I see Hodorowsky, I think that guy... He really is the most interesting man in the world. Mm-hmm. So he was he was born in Chile, actually. Oh, okay. And then he moved to he his his family was like they were all theater people, oh. and he actually worked in like theater. He had his own famous theater company, and he was a puppeteer actually. What? Yeah, he was oh, in the puppetry just like a, us. I thought the robot part is really like puppetry, yeah. like all like little barbers or like puppet being puppeteered uh and then he uh, he actually moved to france where he studied with marcel marceau the world's most famous mime wow. and then he moved to mexico and that's where he started his filmmaking career wow. and this movie was actually his his third movie oh. and all of his movies were very controversial mm. this movie came after el topo El Topo is actually his most famous movie. It's more famous than The Holy Mountain. And El Topo was his second movie. El Topo was his first movie that was like a huge hit. And two people who really loved El Topo, who were huge fans, Mm. were John Lennon and Yoko Uno. (laughs) 
And John Lennon and Yoko Uno were such big fans of El Topo mm-hmm. that they financed the Holy Mountain. Oh, that's right. That's so I thought that's kind of like a big budget. Yeah, the reason why the, really the way he was movie. the way he was able to get enough money to make this movie was because they paid for the movie. Wow, so Yoko Uno and uh, John, John Lennon, Lennon yeah. kind of helped make this movie. That's cool. Yeah, and the producer for this movie, like the guy who's credited, he was like the producer of the Beatles. Wow! Yeah. I think his name was Alan Klein, who was like a producer for the Beatles. Okay. The thief, you know, the, the yeah. main character. The main guy, yeah. Originally, he was going to be played by George Harrison. George Harrison. Of the Beatles. Okay. So All right, well, Sari, Sari's not a huge Beatles fan. That's okay, but George Harrison was actually going to play the thief. Okay. But he objected to some of the material in the oh, movie. Oh, which part? Well, he didn't want to do the nudity. Ah, uh, okay. And the scene he objected to the most, that he said, I don't think this scene is necessary, that uh, Alejandro mm. Hodorowski said, no, it's completely necessary, mm. is a scene where, he's, um, where the thief is being baptized, he's being cleaned, and there's a part where... There's a very long shot of his anus being washed. <laughs> I remember I pointed out to you. Yeah, I said, yeah, remember yeah. that for later because it's important. That scene is why George Harrison didn't do the oh, movie. He didn't, want, <laughs> he didn't want a very long shot of his <laughs> anus being washed. He was like, nope, that's it. That's the final straw. And he, I see. Otherwise, we could have seen a different version of this movie with George Harrison from The Beatles okay. playing the I thief. Thought, I think the scene is necessary for to make the gold. Yeah, I mean, you can't make, you can't have a big shit that turns into gold unless your anus is, is thoroughly washed Completely first. Completely cleaned, yeah. I guess it makes sense. It makes sense, it's yeah. necessary. As well as to sit in some, some sort of like glass ball where your sweat is yeah. you know, used to also yeah. help turn the shit into gold. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, the interesting yes. thing was, is they told him... And I don't know if this is true. This is something I heard. This is, may, might be an urban legend, but they told him he could have one and a half million dollars to make this movie. Oh. They said, you can have $1.5 million, which is actually very low budget. Oh. But he made the movie for only $750,000. Oh. So he actually made it for half of the money that they said he could have. So what, what, what's the rest of money went how? Well, he o- he only spent seven hundred and fifty thousand oh. dollars in the movie. It's v- actually a very low budget movie, wow. and the rest of the money, I guess he they, he just didn't need it. Wow. He made it for way less. I I don't think he cares like a lot about money. Wow. Um. So he's a very interesting guy. He's worked as a novelist, a storyteller, a poet, a playwright, an essayist, a film director, a producer, an actor. He's he's done everything. He's done comic books. He makes music. He's a philosopher, a puppeteer, a mime, a psychologist, a psychoanalysis, a draftsman, a painter, a mm. sculptor, and a spiritual guru. You know, this movie has a lot of references to the tarot. Mm. He's considered to be an expert on the tarot. Oh. For years, he didn't make any movies. And every week, he would do like a free conference on tarot and just <laughs> teach people about tarot for fun and do tarot readings for people for free. Wow. He also like taught people about a form of magic that he practices called psychomagic where he I don't know a lot about it but apparently it's like you take psychological traumas and you try to remove them with magic mm. he's heavily into magic in the occult mm. but he's an also an atheist he doesn't believe in any gods okay he calls himself an atheist mystic so he believes in all kinds of magic and mysticism but he doesn't believe in any gods okay which might give you some insight into the message he was trying to convey mm. 
in the movie. Mm. He was so into the tarot that like he actually has a, I discovered when Googling him today, he actually has a YouTube channel, almost no views, where he just does videos where he gives people tarot readings for free. And you can just watch videos of him giving people free tarot card readings. Oh, it's pretty cool. Even though he's like nine years old and he's uh, he's still trying to make new movies and uh, he just has so much energy. He's like a really cool guy. He actually was approached by an old card company that had been publishing tarot cards for over 200 years. Mm. And they said, we have some really old tarot prints of the Marcel deck, one of the earliest known tarot decks, and we want you to help recreate it. And he actually worked to recreate Mm. one of the original tarot decks and he actually has his own tarot deck that you can buy oh not not are those ones in the movie or different they're different oh yeah the ones in the movie i'm pretty sure he just created those himself and i don't know if they're available to buy but man i would love to have that tarot deck (laughs) it looks amazing you think they those cards like really original refer to actual like kind of traditional cards like one each you know like tower is this yeah, I think so. I think they're all his version. The ones in the movie were his versions of like the traditional tarot cards from the Marcel mm. deck. But yes, obviously there were tons of references to the tarot in this movie. Mm. I read an interview where he said that the thing he loved about the tarot mm. was that it was just packed full of symbolism. Every card had so much symbolism. Mm. And I think that's what he was trying to do with this movie. I think he saw this movie like a deck of tarot cards where every single shot in the movie he tried to put in tons and tons of symbolism so it Mm. could be interpreted in many ways. He wanted this movie to be like the movie version of a tarot deck with Mm. just like tons of symbolism. Do you know the symbol symbol in the scene on on the tower? It's like a circle with triangle in it. Mm, the you... symbols looked familiar, but I don't remember what that means. But you mentioned the tower. The tower is one of the cards in the tarot. Yeah. <laughs> so do you know who Kanye West is, Sari? No. Kanye West is a famous rapper. I think some of our listeners will know Kanye West. Apparently Kanye West, along with like many other famous celebrities like uh, Marilyn Manson, are huge fans of this movie and they'll go visit him. And I saw a video on YouTube where he was describing Kanye West coming to visit him. And he was like, I, don't, I didn't know what Kanye West wanted. So I just did a tarot card reading for him. And he did a tarot card reading for Kanye West. Now, I know you don't know who that is, so you won't find it interesting. But I think some of our listeners will find that interesting. So there was another scene in the movie that we haven't talked about. A scene with toads and lizards. So cute. Enacting. They were cute. Yeah. Sad. I don't know if he actually killed them or not. I hope he didn't. Uh. Um, I heard that back in the day... He would tell people that he killed animals in his movies to kind of shock people and create mm-hmm. controversy. But then later on, he said, no, they were actually already dead and he bought them like from a zoo. That was for a different movie. Oh, okay. But I don't think he was, he's really into animal cruelty. Mm. Um, he's actually in real life. I think he's actually a vegan. He like actually really? loves animals and refused to eat any mm. meat or maybe not a vegan, but there's certain kinds of meat he refuses to eat. He's a very spiritual guy. Mm. So... Did you enjoy our first weird movie in the Weird Movie Podcast? Yes. I think we're probably going to watch a couple more of his movies in the future. Cool. I kind of want to watch The Holy Mountain again now. I know. I think actually, honestly, for this podcast, we're going to be watching different movies. But I think we could actually just do a podcast where we watch The Holy Mountain over and over again and talk about it every time. (laughs) You could make a whole podcast where every episode is just us talking about The Holy Mountain because that's how good The Holy Mountain is. Uh. 
right? Yeah, I feel like I will notice more things later. Yeah. The next time. Maybe we can find someone else who hasn't watched it before and and do uh. a, a follow up episode <laughs> episode where we watch it again and then get the opinion of and another person. Most of the friends, I feel like they've seen the Holy Mountain already. Uh you know, we we know a few friends who've seen it, but I'm sure we can find somebody who hasn't seen it. Yeah. So. I think we should announce what movie we're going to watch in the next episode, okay? So that people listening can watch it ahead of time and then follow along with us next time. So I'm going to announce it. I think for the next episode, for episode number two of Weird Movie Club podcast, mm. we're going to watch a classic weird movie by one of the weirdest directors of them all, David Lynch. We're going to watch his very first movie. Eraserhead. Eraserhead. Yeah. Do you know anything about Eraserhead? <laughs> Nothing. Well, that's going to be the next movie we watch. Yay! All right. Well, thank you all very much for listening, and please, you know, subscribe to our podcast.、Uh, this is our first episode, so we don't really know what we're gonna, you know, get you to subscribe to or whatever. <laughs> but we're just trying it out. Again, I'm Daniel Wishes. I'm Sari Yanai. We're Mochi Nosha, the Wishes Mystical Pub Company, and thank you so much for listening to our podcast discussing the Holy Mountain. Thank you. See you next time. Thanks for listening.